In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone agreed together and said a good hearty. Amen, amen. Well, we find ourselves now over in Galatians chapter 3. If you have a Bible, why don't you turn with me on over to Galatians chapter 3. Paul the Apostle is writing to the churches in Galatia. It's a whole area. It wasn't just a city. It was a whole area filled with many churches. And this was a letter that would be read in all of those churches. And and what he's doing in this this, uh, letter, the letter of Galatians, is he's setting the record straight. Because he came in and he preached the gospel according to grace. In other words, your salvation, listen everybody, your salvation, you being anchored into heaven, your forgiveness, your cleansing, everything that God has for you is brought to you on only one thing he wants from you. Do you know what he wants from you? Faith, that you would trust, that you would believe. Well, Paul was preaching that. And then these Judaizers came in and they kept saying, no, 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 it's not just Jesus and believing in Jesus. It's Jesus and, well, and they started introducing some of the old Jewish traditions of, of uh, keeping, you know, some of the festivals and that of, um, you know, all this law that they had to give themselves to circumcision. And so Paul's writing going, guys, it's, it's, it's not about law. It's all about grace. It's not about, say it with me, law. It's all about grace. It's all about grace. And so Paul's been writing to them, and it's been kind of flowery, and he's just been kind of, hey, brothers. Hey. And then in Galatians 3, his tone kind of changes a little bit. See, see if you could catch his tone changing a little bit, right? Here's what he says, Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. He says, oh, foolish Galatians. Don't you ever get a, <laughs> how mad are you when, you, when you, you're texting somebody? You fool. Oh, you foolish Galatians, right? He says, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? The what? The truth. The what? The truth. What truth? The truth that he's been preaching for the last two chapters. The truth that this is all about Jesus and Jesus alone. The truth that you can't work your way to heaven. You can't earn your way to heaven. You can't work for forgiveness. He's been preaching that truth over and over again. Now he's like, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus was clearly betrayed among you as crucified. Jesus gave his life for you, Jewish Jewish believers. He died on the cross for you. What does that mean? That must mean you can't do it on your own. If you could do it on your own, Jesus wouldn't have had to give his life. He gave his life. He was clearly betrayed as crucified because you can't do it on your own. It's not about law, everybody. It's all about, say it with me, grace. We're going to say grace a whole bunch today. It's all about grace, right? What God has for his people is found on only one thing he wants from his people. It's faith. See, God, what do you want from me? Faith. God, what do you want me to do? Believe. God, there's got to be more. <laughs> Just trust me. Just rest in me. See, if this whole thing was based on law and, and, and a bunch of uh, rules, then our part would be works. Working to live under those laws, working to live by those rules. If this whole thing was about law and rules, our part would be works. Follow this. Jesus comes in, Scripture comes in and says it's not about law and it's not about rules. It's all about grace. And if it's all about grace, then what is our part in this? Well, it can't be works. Our part in this, because it's all about grace, our part can only be, watch, 
faith. The only thing you could bring to the table in everything that God has for your life, the only thing you bring to the table in your salvation and in, in, in you living in what he has for you, it's just faith. Why? Well, because this whole thing's based on grace. Is this making sense, everybody? It's not law, it's not, and therefore works. It's grace and therefore faith. It's trust. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who works really, really hard and strives and strains. And, and, and for everyone who, what, believes, puts their faith in Jesus. For the Jew first and also for the great, for the Greek. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace, it is by grace you've been saved through faith. What's that mean? The grace of God has accomplished it for you. The faith from within you grabs a hold of that what he's already done for you. Does that make sense? What am I bringing to the table? Faith, it's just the arm of my, 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 my life reaching out to grab a hold of what he's already purchased for me. Not striving in works, but, but grabbing hold of it in, in faith. He says, that this faith, it's not even from yourself. It's a gift of God. It's not of works, least anyone should boast. If it was of works, we'd walk around going, do you see how good I am? Do you see what I accomplished? God loves me more than he loves you because I'm better than you, right? And that's just not true. See, what happens is we fall into this trap of thinking it's about works. And so we show up to church. We take really, really good notes. And, and then, and then uh, you know, we go out and we, we work real hard to, to read our Bibles, uh, you know, Make sure I get through two chapters today. And make sure I pray more than the people at church because I need God to love me more. And I, I need to get closer. I want to be more upfront in, when we get to heaven. You know what I mean? I want to, and, and there's this striving inside of us. And the whole message of Paul comes in and obliterates all of that thinking. He's like, it's foolish for you to think that way. Because you can't, in and of yourself, in your flesh, we'll get into it a little bit more, you can't earn this thing. And so here's what Paul's trying to do. What he's going to do, what I'm going to expound for you as best I can, is he takes these two concepts. And he goes, you want to go there? You want, you want to see faith go up against works and works go up against faith? He says, I, I'm going to take them out in front of you, and we're going to put them in the ring together, okay? And we're going we're gonna to let them go at it, and you help me decide which one it won. You know, anyone, anyone in some UFC, right? Anyone at all? Come on. I know you guys. Like, come on. Have you Remember Chuck Liddell, like, in this corner? Like, oh, the game, it's over. Liddell's going to take, okay, so. So what he does is he goes, he goes in the rest of Galatians, Galatians 3, he goes, in this corner, coming in at 240 pounds, we've got grace. Someone goes, come on, give it up for grace. Yeah, grace, let's go. So I was like, yeah, grace comes out. Come on, you know, just kind of, I got this. No big deal. No big deal. And in this corner, coming in at 310 pounds, we've got works. Okay, like works is over here. And Paul puts him in the ring together. He goes, I want you to pay attention. Watch these two battle it out. And here's where you come in. We're going to gamble today, church. You're going to put your money on one of these. Now, I'll say it like this. You are putting your money on one of these. Watching the way you live your life is going to tell me where you're putting your money. You are right now putting your money on either grace or works. Works or grace. Faith or works, right? 
law are great. I mean, you're doing it right now. So where are you putting your money? Like, really? Like, in the, in the depths of your soul, your relationship with Jesus today, your forgiveness, your cleansing, salvation, healing, restoration, what is it based on, friend, in your life? How is that playing out in your life? Is it faith or is it works? So Paul brings them out into the ring and they go at it. Faith is pretty aggressive. Faith comes out first. Faith comes out fighting. And here's what we read about faith. Paul says, let's talk about faith. He says, I want you to look back. Look back at everything that's happened in your life. And he says, I want you to look around. Look around at everything that's happened in your life. What is it based on? Watch how he says it in Galatians 3, 2 through 4. He says, this is what I want to know from you, right? Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now trying to be made perfect by the flesh? Here's the question, watch. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or the hearing of faith? You have, believer, if you're a Christian in here, if you're not yet a Christian in here, my prayer is that you become a believer before you leave this place. But if you are not yet a believer, if you are a believer, you have what's called a testimony, right? You have a moment in your life where your life was forever changed by Jesus. Where the Spirit of God grabbed a hold of you and started molding you and changing you. Where you experienced the forgiving uh, graciousness of our Savior, right, upon your life. And your life was forever changed in that moment of salvation. And Paul's question to you is, when you look back at your salvation, were you saved because you finally accomplished that one last thing you needed to do? Because you finally memorized that one last verse you needed to memorize. Because you finally read that one last chapter. Because you finally, you know, tithed that one last dollar you needed to tithe in order to make it into heaven and experience forgiveness. Were you saved because you finally did that one last thing? Or simply because you put your faith in Jesus? He's, the answer is clear. You were saved not because you cleaned yourself up. Were you saved because you, you finally broke the habit? Were you saved because no, that's not it at all. You were saved because you finally just learned to say, Jesus, I surrender. I place my faith in you. You were saved because you came to him as you were, and you put your faith in him. Like, what was the message you responded to? God will love you and bless you if you, if you, or listen, friends, and when you qualify, no. Because there's, no, there's nothing that will ever qualify us for what God desires to give us. Come on. There's nothing that, like the only thing that qualifies you for what God wants to give you is that you need what God wants to give you. Like what, what makes a fireman like run into a building? It just has to be on fire. What, what, what makes the fire department decide to save a, a venue? It's like the venue's on fire. And the only thing you brought to the table in this whole thing called Christianity, in this whole thing that God wants to do, the only thing you brought to the table was desperate need. Your life was on fire, not in a good way, in a bad way. You smelt like smoke, like you were in trouble. The building was going to be burned to the ground, and Jesus ran in, and he puts it out. The only thing you brought to the table. So I never cleaned myself up when I look back 
I never, it wasn't me working. It was just me saying yes. So he's like, okay, foolish Galatians. When you look back, if this whole thing began in the spirit, come on, this is some of you. You're over here. You gave your life to Jesus. It's all in faith. And oh, Thank you. Say, now, are you so foolish, having started here, to now begin to try to be made perfect in the flesh? Well, I got to get, I, I need more. And maybe I need to really lock in my salvation. Because I'm, I'm, I know it's about faith. That's what they said. But maybe it's faith, and I better do some more things to earn more of God's love for me. And I need to earn more of God's favor on my life. So I got to go do, 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 do. And my relationship with him is going to be based on me trying to do some things for him because I, I need some things from him. He says, are you so foolish having begun in the spirit that you're now trying to be made perfect by the flesh? After being saved by God's grace, why in the world are you holding up a, a list of rules and regulations that you're now going to go out and try to, try to, you know, achieve when it's not based on any of those rules and res regulations because you could never actually achieve it. Is this making any sense to anybody? Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit you're trying now to be made perfect by, by the flesh? So when you look back, it started in faith. And he says, I, I, I want you to look around. Look around at what God's doing. Look around at his current work. Is it because of your striving and straining? Or is it just because God's good? Galatians goes on to say in Galatians 3, 5, it says, Therefore, he who supplied the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? When this punch gets thrown, is it, is it the punch coming from works or the punch coming from faith that's actually effective. Like which one is actually taking the other one out? When you see a, when you see a life being changed, is it because they're striving in their own strength to do this? Or is it because there's a grace of God provided for them, giving them the strength they need to do this? When you see what God has done at Citizens Church, what God has done at Citizens Church over these last several years is it because, you know, we're so good and we got it all together and we've got it all figured out. And, and you know, we, we got the best worship teams in town. We got the best graphics in town. We got the best, well, I don't know, whatever it is you want to try to put your, your strength into, right? Can I tell you right now, listen to me, friends. I don't care how good the worship team is. I don't care how good the preaching is on a Sunday morning. I don't care what the website looks like, how good the Instagram might be. I don't care how perfect we are and all the things that we try to do in and of our own strength. None of it could ever save a soul. None of it could ever forgive somebody of all their sins. None of it could ever restore a life. None of it could ever heal a family. None of it could ever do any of the things that God does. God does all that he does does because he's just good. He's faithful. His grace just shows up and fills the atmosphere. He does his thing. I'm not trusting what I can do today. I'm not trusting what, God, what I can do. I don't trust what, what we can do as a, as a church in, in, our, in our city. I simply trust what God can do and what he, by his grace, wants to do through our church in this city. So Paul just goes, all right, let's put him in the ring. First of all, look back. Did it start by grace? Answer, 
Yeah. Well, then let it continue by grace. Oh, by the way, look around. Is it happening by grace or is it happening by works? It's happening by, it's happening by grace. Well, then let it continue by grace. Let it, let it move forward by grace. You see, God does his work not because I put him in a place where he owes me. I worked, God, and I did this thing, and now therefore you, right? I think if you do that, you constantly find yourself missing out on what it is God actually wants to do in you because you're thinking he needs to do it for you because you've done some things for him. It's like a kid coming to you going, Dad, I did this. You need to do that. God, right? Like you, I've earned. And I think if we live that way, then we, get, we, get, we actually miss out on what God actually wants to do because God dishes out what he wants to do to kids coming to him not going, you owe me. He dishes it out to kids who go, God, I don't deserve. You're just so good. I don't put my faith in my works. I don't put my faith in what I've been accomplishing. And God, did you see, by the way, I don't put my faith in any of that. God, oh, I just put my faith in your goodness. I put my faith in what you've already done. I put my faith in what you've already promised. I put my faith in what you've already said over me. I'm just going to trust that. Come on, church, is that good? Tell your neighbor, say, that's good. Like, and that's where we need to stay. So where's your heart as we look at these things, right? Everything God has done, everything God is doing, everything God is going to do is always going to be based in his faith. That's the answer. It's always been the answer. This isn't just like a New Testament thing. This is God's heart from the very beginning. It's always been about faith. It's never been about our works. And so Paul goes on to explain that to his Jewish brothers and sisters. And he says this, just as Abraham uh, believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And scripture foreseen that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, God did what? He preached the gospel to Abraham. He gave Abraham a promise. He gave Abraham good news saying, in you all the nations of the world shall, the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Abraham was justified by what? Faith. God's blessing on his life came to him through faith. All Abraham did was just simply say, God, you're good. I'm going to trust your goodness, not my works, not my striving, not my performing, not me cleaning myself up, but me resting in the one who alone can clean me up. He just simply trusted. So Paul's saying, listen, even your forefather, Abraham, wasn't working, wasn't striving. Here's what he was doing. Ready? And here's, here's the application for you. Here's what I'm trying to get your heart to do. Here's what Abraham was doing. Here's what you and I need to do. That we posture our hearts in a, in a, in a very particular way. Here's what I want to shift inside of you, to change inside of you. That when you understand God's grace, your heart is postured in a way where you're not working and striving. Oh, some of you come in here working and striving. You're straining. And it will wear you out. 
you're straining and striving, hoping that maybe someday God might actually forgive you. You're straining and striving, hoping that someday those dumb things you've done, those dumb things you did can someday be forgiven. And you're trying, you're working hard to show God that you deserve to be forgiven, that you can finally be cleansed of the shame. And you're striving with everything you can to, to work to earn that. You're striving and straining some of you to Gosh, even to anchor yourself into heaven. So the posture of your heart's either going to be striving and straining or simply watch, watch. Resting and receiving. Everything God wants for you is based on the only thing he wants from you. What he wants from you is to rest in what he's accomplished for you. What he wants from you it's just to receive what he's already purchased for you. That's faith versus works. Can I get a better amen? See, God wants you to rest. When you get around a Christian, you get around somebody who really understands the grace of God, you know what's happening in their life? <sighs> hmm. Just, just resting. My God is so good. Just, ah, oh man, just, just the peace on my life, right? I'm not striving, I'm not straining. I don't go to church because I have to. I, I, I get to. I love it. Man, I, I want to be there. Why? Because God's, ah, oh, he's just so good. Like, there's nowhere else I'd want to be. Like, there's nothing else. I, he's just, he's, he has given me so much. And my response to all that he's given me is I just want to be around. I, I worship, are you kidding me? I'm not trying to find my seat there in worship. I'm there early because I want to be there when we get to sing out to the one who's given me more than I could ever, like, achieve on my own. He's, he's purchased for me something that I just received, and I'm so thankful. God, I just want to be there. I want to worship you. God, see, my whole life has changed. There's just this rest on me, this joy on me, this peace on me. That's what faith does, friends, is it receives this grace that changes everything inside of me. God wants your heart to be postured in, listen, rest. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 and 3 says this. Hebrews 4, 1 and 3 says, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. There's a promise over your life of rest. And that promise still stands. It's for you, Okay. So he says we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. You know what scares me more than anything as a pastor? You know what scares me more than anything is that some of you would not experience the rest that Jesus purchased to bring you, to give you. He, he bled a he died a brutal and bloody death on a cross so you could experience rest. And what scares me more than anything is that some of you would continue to strive and to strain, to live under guilt, to live under shame. And so he says, we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might misexperience it. For this good news that God prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them, just as it was to Abraham. But watch this. It did them no good because they did not share the faith. The what? The faith of those who listen to God. For only we who believe, only we who believe, only we who what? Believe. 
When you believe, he says, is when you enter the rest. Matthew 11, 28 through 30, Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who labor and heavy laden. I'm over here working. I'm going to get myself out of this hole. I dug myself into a pit. I've got so many addictions. I'm so broken. My marriage is falling apart. God, I just, and I'm striving, and I'm straining, and I can't find a way out of this hole. I've dug myself into a hole. And I'm telling you guys, handing you a shovel is not going to get you out of the hole. Does that make sense? Get to work. You're only going to dig a bigger hole. Jesus says, what are you supposed to do? Come unto me, all you who keep digging holes. Right? Who are burdened under all these laws and rules and things you better figure out. Or He says, come unto me, all you who are burdened, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come over here. Put your faith in me. Trust in me. Let my promise over you, which are yes and amen, reside inside of you. Just come over here and say, Jesus, I'm done trying this on my own. I surrender. I need you. Come unto me, all you who are burdened heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, he says. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find, there it is again, rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're not experiencing this today, chances are there's something inside of you that's fighting to earn something from God that already belongs to you in faith. Every time I meet somebody who finds himself weary, who finds themselves frustrated, who finds, it's often because there's something inside of you fighting to earn something that God has already purchased for you by grace through faith. And what you need to do is learn to say yes to what already belongs to you in Jesus. By faith, just say because of what he's done, I am forgiven. Because of what he's done, although sin abounded in my life, grace much more abounds in my life. Because of what he has done, I'm anchored into heaven. Because of what he has done, his spirit is now alive and active and working in my life. And by his spirit, he's going to start working in my marriage. And by his, by his goodness and his strength, he's going to start working in my life. He's going to start molding me and changing me. Not when I go over there and build more cages for my life but when I stay here and keep resting on his grace in my life. Does this make sense, everybody? It's by grace through faith. If you don't understand this, if you, if you don't learn by faith to rest, you only got two options. Remember, they're up here duking it out. You're putting your money on one of them. If you don't learn to put your money over here on this guy, the only other place you can put your money is on your flesh. That's what the Bible calls it. Your, your, what is flesh? The flesh is you minus God. It's, it's the you before God got a hold of you, you. You remember that you, right? It's, it's your striving, your strength. And that's the only place you can put your money if you're not putting it on, on, on God's grace. So let me show you that really quick as we start to land this thing. What happens when you put your money on yourself? What happens when you keep trying to dig yourself out of the hole? What happens when you think you're the answer to everything that, that you, you need to see fixed in, in your marriage? Everything you, you're the answer to the, the, the issues that you have, the, the addictions that, that you find yourself succumbing to. And you think you're the one that's going to do it. Here's what he says. 
if you put your money over here, Galatians 3, 10 through 12, he says, for as many as that are of the works of the law, they're under a what? Curse. If you're going to keep trying to do this on your own, all you're going to ever earn for yourself is curse. Curse. Cursed is anyone or everyone who does not continue in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But no one is justified by the law in the sight of God. It's evident. For the just shall live by faith. Yet the law, it's not of faith. For the man who does them shall live by them. In other words, if you choose this route, you better go all the way with this route. You're stuck in this route. You become like the little hamster. You've all seen him. He gets out and he's like, I'm going to get some miles in today. I'm going to get, I'm finally going to get somewhere with my life. I'm going to do this thing. And he climbs up on that little hamster wheel. And, and you're like, hey, buddy. Hey, you're not going anywhere. Lots of energy expended. Come on. Lots of momentum and lots of struggling, lots of straining. Is and they're going absolutely nowhere. The only thing you're doing is wearing yourself out. Rules and religion and regulation and law. You could get in it, but he says you got to stay in it. Good luck with that. And you're just a little hamster. So you're just getting tired. And why does the scenery look the same? I'm giving it all I've got. I'm pushing as hard as I can. And nothing's really changing around me. Why? Because you're trusting in your work. Because you're trusting in yourself. And when you're trusting in your work and you're trusting in yourself, all you'll ever get is what your work and what yourself can accomplish. You'll never experience what God's grace wants to accomplish in your life because you've blocked grace out by creating this, this hamster wheel in your life, right? And God, by his grace, wants to pick you up and carry you into the new. God wants to pick you up and change the scenery in your life. He wants to carry you into it. But he wants to carry you into it. Not you striving into it, but you resting in the hand of God as he moves on your behalf to carry you forward into everything that he has for you. The only thing you can do, dear hamster running around, is to get out of that little will and climb into the hand of God who just says, let me carry you. Let me move you forward. Let me take you where it is I want to take you. And the only thing you can do is just faith, rest, trust, lean into that hand that is at work in your life in ways that you couldn't have ever imagined possible when you're there trying to do it on your own. Where are you putting your money? Really? You can often tell by what it's producing in your life. Is there striving and straining and I'm going to and I'm one more week and I'm just going to. Or is it resting and receiving? When we trust our works, you're putting your money on your own ability. The Bible calls it your flesh. And I need you to understand this before we close, okay? Paul said, having begun in the spirit, are you now trying to be made perfect by your, what do you say? Flesh. 
In other words, you, your strength. The flesh in Scripture represents man's fallen nature. Again, it's the you minus God is flesh. Let, let me show you some Scriptures on, on what the Bible has to say about your, your works. And I'll tie this all up at the end so it makes sense, right? Romans 7, 18, as we close. Romans 7, 18 says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Oh, I thought I brought some goodness. In. Nope, you bring not, your flesh, nothing good dwells, he says. John 6, 63 it is the spirit that gives life. The spirit of God gives life. He says the flesh profits nothing. No matter how hard I try my flesh, I can never win salvation. Galatians 2.16 says, and yet we Jewish Christians know that we have become right with God. Not by doing what the law commands, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So if we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be accepted by God because of our faith in Christ, and not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will ever be saved by obeying the law. Well, what if I want to try? What if I want to keep working? What if I want to keep running? Okay, let me give you, the, let me give you what you're going to need to do. Ready? For I tell you that unless, in Matthew 5.20, I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of God. What does that mean? Matthew 5.48. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So if you want to try to live this all out, here's what you're aiming at, perfection. And you're never going to make it. The law sets a, the rules set a bar that's so high, you're never going to hurdle it. You're never going to jump it. You might get closer to it than me, but you're still not there. If I said, let's go out tonight and let's jump to the moon, some of you might get closer, but none of you are going to make it. That's the law. You're not going to make it on your own, is what I'm trying to tell you. So stop trying to make it on your own, because you never could make it on your own. Your only move in this, your only play in this is to stop putting your money over here and to start putting your money, putting your trust, putting your faith, putting your hope in Jesus. Maybe you don't base heaven on your works. But maybe you're basing God's love for you on, on your works. You start thinking you could earn more of God's love if you start doing this. Friends, God will love you. God will never love you more than he does right now. And you need to understand that. It's not if you pray five minutes more a day and you read another chapter today and you need, right? God's not going to love you more because you've done those things. God loves you because he's a gracious and loving God. And his love for you is a period in the subject kind of love. Not you've earned it and you've strived and now you deserve it kind of love. And it's so hard for us to understand that. It's called unmerited favor. It's hard for you to understand that. Because nothing in our society works that way. Everything in our society works. You do, you get. Right? 
You work, you achieve, and therefore you get the, the fruit of what you've worked for and achieved. But when you come to Jesus, when you come to gospel, when you come to the gospel that Paul preached, that the Bible over and over again points us to, it says, listen, this is different than what you're used to. This is an unconditional love for a people who can never earn it, never gain it. This is a love for you, period, end of subject. And nothing on our planet works like that. I mean, you go to work to get your paycheck, to earn your paycheck. You, you, you learn, watch this, you learn within the confines of some homes to, in order to be accepted, in order to be loved, in order to be taken care of and make mom and dad happy. There's, there's these rules I've got to follow and these cages I've got to build around my life and I've got to do this and not do that in, in order to be accepted. And so we, we, we live our whole lives often thinking that there's, just I got to do in order to get love. I got to do in order to receive acceptance. Santa Claus works like this. Like, you know how many kids we've messed up by telling them? So November comes around and all of us as kids are being really, really, really good. Why? Because I, wanna, I, want, I, want, I want Santa not to give me coal this year, right? How many remember I'm, I'm going to date myself? Like the Sears catalog. You're in there and you're highlighting things. Okay, I'm so old. Like you're like you're like circling things and leaving around. And all of a sudden November comes and you're being really, really, really good. Because I need to be really good in order to get what it is I want to get from circling inside my Sears catalog, right? And we've, and we've messed up a whole generation of people that grow up thinking, thinking we got to do in order to receive. When it comes to Jesus, the only thing you can do is place your faith in him. That's what grace is, friends. Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is God's favor and kindness poured out on those who do not deserve it, who could never earn it. And it's because of what Christ has accomplished for us. It's his consistent, listen, it's deliberate, it's relentless goodness of God poured out on a people who could never deserve the goodness of God. And your posture just has to be a posture of receiving. Friends, it's grace that saves you. It's grace that sustains you. It's grace that goes with you every moment of every day, carrying you forward into all that he has for your life. Ephesians 2.8 says, for it is by grace I have been saved. Not of the law, not of works. It's not of yourself so that no one can boast. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, for by the grace of God I am what I am. Paul saying, do you know why I am where I am today? Paul would say. Where's Paul? Well, Paul went from being a Christian killer a murderer, one trying to douse what God wanted to do on the planet through his life to somebody who was now used by God in a, in a, in a powerful way. The grace of God working through his life to touch, touch the world. Paul had, Paul had a testimony, somebody, right? I talk to some people sometimes, well, Chris, you don't know what I did. And you don't know the things, that the roads I've been down. And how, I don't, I'm not doubting that you've walked down some dark roads. But when you take Paul's testimony, you hold that into light for a second. I just want to ask you, have you, have you killed any Christians lately, right? Paul says, my life has been radically changed. I am new in Christ. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And Paul said, you go, Paul, how'd you get there? Paul doesn't point to, well, I worked really hard, and I strived, and I strained, and I put all my. Paul says, it's by the grace of God that I am what I am.
if you don't understand grace, all you'll get, all you'll get is religion. And religion is, is, is it's nasty, it's exhausting, and it's, it's frivolous. Here's what happens. And I promise I'll close right here. You do something dumb. Anyone done something dumb, right? Some of you got some areas of your life that if they were exposed, there'd be great shame, right? Some places in your life where you've said, I'm, I'm going to move through this. I'm going to get past this. Maybe it's the way you've been treating people. Maybe it's, uh, it's an issue of, of, of lust in your life, of some kind of, something that you just, you, you're ashamed of in your life. You, places where you, you've done things that you know that you, you shouldn't be, but you keep finding yourself going to that over and over again. And what you need to understand is, is the way you're going to move forward from that place, see healing in that place, is not by you building a cage of law around your life. Right? It's not by you coming over here, well, I need to set new, you know, uh, rules, and I need to set new, and I need to, right? It's not you striving. You see, that cage is never going to change you. What you need is not a behavioral management system given to you by some law, what you need is your heart changed, your life changed by the grace of God. And so what you have to do is not work and strive and strain, but in every one of those areas, you come and you let the grace of God meet you in that moment, in that place where your sin is stricken you, in that place where you, you find yourself broken and addicted. You say, God, would your grace meet me here? Would your grace sustain me here? For God, I have sinned, and I have sinned deeply. God, I've, I've gone off the deep end. And God says this in Scripture. He says, but where sin increased, guess what showed up? Grace much more increased. In other words, it's not the law catching you. It's his grace. And what does his grace do? Oh, man, it shows up, and he washes you. He cleanses you. Because you don't know what I did. God knows what he did. God knows what you've done. He sees it. He sees the dark spots. He sees the addiction. He sees all of it. And he says, my grace is sufficient for even that. I did not die a brutal and bloody death on a cross so that you can get up and try to live under rules and regulations. This creates slaves. This creates sons. This creates daughters. This creates family. He brought to you grace so that you in the depths of who you are can experience his goodness and you get up from that and you walk forward. In Jesus' name. God, we love you and we thank you for your grace on our life. Help us to live as a people who understand the importance, God, of, of relationship, God. Not rules, not regulations, relationship. And Jesus, today I pray you'd set free people who've been striving and straining that today they find themselves resting and receiving your goodness and your grace. Listen, I'd love to pray with any of you today who need to say yes to the grace of Jesus in your life. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to the Lord. Today, would, this, would you allow this to be the day where you finally let the grace of God meet you? You don't come to him based on your works. You come to him based on what he has done for you. And what he has done for you is he gave his life on the cross so that you could be forgiven. Would you allow yourself to experience that forgiveness today? Listen, I'd love to lead you in a word of prayer. Prayer is simply talking to God. Let me give you the words. Repeat and pray after me. Say, God, I thank you that you love me where I am. And I pray today 
that you'd forgive me, that you'd cleanse me. I thank you for going to the cross on my behalf and giving your life in my place so that I could live. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Thank you for rising from the grave to lead me into life. Fill me with your spirit and help me to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone agreed together and said a big hearty. Come on, church. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate with anyone who prayed that prayer today. Church, would you stand to your feet with me right now as we close out service? Would you go today resting in him? Just letting his grace wash over every single area of your life. Let that produce relationship today with the Father in heaven who, and he's already got all you need. And he's already made it free for you through faith. Listen, if you pray that prayer with me this morning, we'd love to get some resource in your hand. There's a, there's a connection card that was on your seat when you came in. If you fill that out and let us know on there that you made that decision, we're going to send you one email with all sorts of resource on walking with, with Jesus. At this time, too, I'd like to ask the ushers to come forward this morning. We're going to receive those cards if you filled those out. And also this morning's offering. So let's pray over that. God, we thank you that you've given us so much, God. We have all that we need in you, Lord. And we just declare that over our lives today. God, we thank you for your grace. Thank you for cleansing us and washing, for choosing us, Lord. We just want to rest today in all that you've done. And God, we want to choose this time right now as we worship you through our offering, God, to give back to you a little of all that you've given to us. And we ask that you would use it, Lord, for the furtherance of your kingdom, God, that would see even more lives changed through life in Christ, Lord God, all around our city and all around our nation, Lord Jesus, that you would use these resources, God, to bring you glory. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, church, amen.
through the... I am. Okay. Good thing I didn't speak. Good thing I didn't send any calls. <laughs> <laughs>